we are so excited to be partnering with Marco Polo. If you're not familiar with Marco Polo, Marco Polo is a video chat app that allows you to stay connected to all the people in your life. And it's an excellent way that we've been able to connect with many of you and continue the conversation. So we're excited to offer our listeners a free two-month pass for Marco Polo Plus. It will give you features like double speed. Um, You can take notes while you're listening to Marco Polo's. And we're really excited to offer this to our listeners. Um, All you have to do is have the basic version, the free version of Marco Polo downloaded to your device. And then if you click on the link in our show notes, it will upgrade you for two months for free. Happy poloing. We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Welcome back, everyone. Wow. Welcome back to us. Oh, sorry, guys. We had some complaints. Like, what happened? Is everything all right? Apparently not. Apparently, we took an unplanned hiatus, if you will. And <laughs> we are now back. We have gotten our crap together a little bit today, at least. So sorry for that summer, that summer break that was actually not even intended. That wasn't planned. It just happened. Yeah. But we've got big plans coming up and hopefully we will stay on top of it. But we appreciate people that reached out to us and were prodding us to get started again. It's through your encouraging words that we are here today. So (laughs) So I guess we could talk about why things got so crazy in may and why we rest of this adventure so it started with at the end of may i had a revision to my tummy tuck slash bbl situation that i had five years ago and i had that like the last day of school (laughs) and then i was healing for weeks and then we had a family reunion and then I moved. So again, so I don't know, where should we start? Yeah. Well, and all of those things intermixed with my own mental health challenges and just trying to enjoy the summer and be present with my children and competing priorities and quite frankly, just the motivation and the creative juices to come up with, with topics. That was, that was hard. So yeah, we can go through and kind of talk about a bunch of different things. Um, because I think it's, this episode is more of just like an update of where we're at. And I think maybe you can relate to some of the things that we went through the last several months. So Kara, do you want to start by talking about your surgery? I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners had questions about that. Yeah. Um, so I had my first tummy tuck. So I have my, my plastic surgery done in Mexico, in Tijuana, if you will. <laughs> and my first experience was really great. I, I had no complaints. I didn't really have any issues with the work that was done. So I had lost 
quite a bit of weight, uh, about 80 pounds initially. And I kept that off for a couple years and then I got the tummy tuck. So it was pretty emaciated for my frame. I had lost a lot of muscle and not put very much back on over like the year or two after losing the weight. So I had very flaccid skin all the way around. And the doctor told me, you know, if you want to be happy, you're going to have to do a 360 degree incision all the way around. But I was really nervous about healing um, my back because, you know, you can't see your own back really. So I, and, and then it was going to cost us a little bit more, but honestly, mostly it was, I just had anxiety about it. So I just said, no, just do the extended. So it was like from hip to hip. So fast forward five years of a lot of ups and downs emotionally and physically. I put on a lot more muscle again, and then I put on probably 20 pounds, you know, just muscle and fat. So I was just super uncomfortable in my body. And, um, I had my scar healed a little bit funny because I wore clothes that were too tight. And so in the front, I had a pretty large scar and it kind of puckered in right in the front. I just didn't really like how it looked. It never, it stopped laying flat. Um, and, but the biggest issue was my interior just kept getting bigger. I walk and engage my glutes a lot. So I've always had a big butt, but they did transfer some fat to my hips and the top of my butt. So all that fat was just kind of sitting on top of the muscle, you know, at the very top of my butt. And so I'm like putting jeans on and my butt's literally just like squishing out the back pants. And it was, it was very separate. Like the fat was just really separate from my muscles. So it just wasn't looking great all the time, you know? Um, and I just wasn't comfortable with it. It just wasn't my body anymore. I, I liked that my hip dips got filled in. Um, so I have more of a gradual silhouette. Um, so anyways, the, the, I just was done like feeling deformed <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, people probably don't notice much of a difference. Um, but I had the, so I went to a different surgeon who was like, he's board certified. So the board of plastic surgeons is like a country or not country. It's the world's. So he was a little bit more legit than the other guy I went to and more conservative style, which, and our sister Meredith had had some of her reconstruction surgery done with him and had a great experience. So I was like, okay, well, let's do this. So I removed probably about six inches of skin from my like love handle areas again, even though like, I didn't think I had love handles, but apparently you can just pull your body up and pull your pants up. And then about four, four or five inches, um, down, like down my butt and then four or five inches in the front again, which I didn't realize that I even had skin in the front that could be removed. I thought like maybe an inch, you know, but they removed a lot. So I had to get a new belly button again. So the healing was easier this time because I didn't have my abs sewn back together. That's the hardest part of the healing process, in my opinion, because it's just so tight. It's like a literal internal corset. So just the pain is just more because it's muscular, you know, 
Um, so that didn't have to happen. And after a tummy tuck, you have to walk like a grandma, like hunched over for several weeks. Um, I had a walker this time at home. I went to the the Goodwill and got myself a walker. And that, so that was really nice to have at my house. And then just really kind of babied my incision this time. So my scar looks much, much better. I started working out pretty heavy, probably a little too fast. So I am putting a little bit of pressure. So my scar is a little bit bigger, like right around my hip bones, which was the kind of same problem last time. Um, but the location is better. So I'm not going to have quite as much of an issue, but I just feel so much more comfortable in my body. My butt is a whole lot less lumpy and weird. It's so big. It's, I am still a statement piece. Um, a statement but, piece. <laughs> yeah. I do light up a room. You know, people notice me. So I'm probably going to get murdered because you know that everyone on Dateline that gets murdered lights up a room. And, <laughs> and so, you know, just, you don't want to be that lovely apparently, or that's how you avoid getting murdered. Just be a little bit mean. I'm a little unattractive. What can I say? I'm just too hot to handle. Um, but yeah, that's mostly probably should have asked like what specific questions a lot of people have. So I did do some more light. Did I do lipo? Oh, a little bit of lipo on my hips again. Um, because my like hips were on like just developmentally, I have one muscle that's more convex on my hip and uh, like lower kind of high thigh. <laughs> And then one muscle that was more con is concave of a muscle, but not symmetrical. Um, so they just kind of, and there was a fatty kind of fatty pocket underneath the concave side. So I just had them remove a little bit of fat there and they did a little bit all on my back and stuff too. So I'm like pretty happy. I mean, I wanted a little more. I wanted them to just suck everything. So my thighs are still real thick. And so what I did, I, when you go to, out of state or another country for plastic surgery, you want to stay at a recovery house usually, unless you live within driving distance. You know, it's a lot of girls from Southern California will just go home. But I I always stay at a little uh, recovery house that has these little like CNAs that are there 24 seven and, you know, like hospital adjustable beds, you know, they help take care of you and change your bandages and shower you. My Spanish is not great. Comprendo poquito. Now, comprendo mucho, pero no hablo mucho. <laughs> no, I get, you know, my Spanish gets better by like five days of staying with the little mamacitas, but they take so good care of me. And you get um, massages while you're there where they, lymphatic massages really help drain the fluid out and it's a really uncomfortable experience but it's really great for your healing they just don't do it the same they so in mexico you're like straight up naked and in your room or like you know in a curtained off area <laughs> they just be rubbing you down with the oils and getting all the stuff out of the lipo hole in the back and um the massage therapist is like you know you look pretty good you know, pretty good. You know, like you're you're gonna look really good because you know, like some girls come in here and they're like real fat, but you're not fat, and so like your results, oh girl, you can it's pretty good. Let me tell you what. 
So they're really nice to me. <laughs> like I work out sometimes. So okay, yeah. I bet a lot of people are thinking this, but like when you initially when you say Mexico, like I went to Mexico to get plastic surgery, people are like, "What? Scary!" Yeah. So yeah, can you speak to that a little bit about like how did you decide? How do you make sure that your surgeon is board certified or good and is not stealing your organs in the middle of surgery. Yeah. Dana was really concerned that they stole my kidneys. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'd be in more pain if they took my kidneys. So I just started looking like following them on Instagram. So Instagram is really the number one way that you find plastic surgeons in Mexico or other countries. And you just see their work and you can Google any surgeon and you can find out if they're board certified uh, if they have deaths on their record, you know, or other, they've been sued, you know, there's, it's pretty easy to find the information. There's a lot of Facebook groups too, for plastic surgery in other countries, but, you know, I obviously was always in the groups for Tijuana. I just like this look, the style is softer, in my opinion, more feminine. There's a little bit more aggressive. And so they like always include lipo with it because they're not about to let you go with dog ears. They usually recommend if you've had a significant weight loss or you're a bigger person, they almost always recommend a 360 because that's how you get really pretty even results, you know? And my first doctor did a great job. I I didn't really have anything extra on the sides. It was just the back, you know, I, it's not that scary. And they have, I, there's a driver, this lady that owns this driving company. Her name is Lisette. She's great. She picked me up in a, her fancy Toyota 2023 hybrid Sienna minivan. It was great. But she has drivers that work for her and they pick you up at the airport and they take you directly to the clinic or your recovery house or hotel or wherever you're staying. Some surgeons have recovery houses that they give you like a better deal on, or they explicitly own to make sure they take care of you. They always have you stay the night, the first night and monitor you. They actually have like, that's something that in the U S they don't keep you overnight usually, unless you have a weird complication. So that's something that's different is that they, they monitor you really well overnight. So they're not just waking you up and sending you home because it's hard to wake up. My surgery was crazy this time. My first surgery, I had crack of crack in the morning. And so I was like in and out of consciousness all day. This surgery didn't start until, I don't think I like was under anesthesia until about 9 PM. It was crazy. Maybe later. I can't remember now. I'd have to look through my texts, but I got there at like 2 PM. (laughs) So I just kind of sit around and just wait for the surgeon to be done with his other stuff. So his other surgeries that day just took way longer than expected, or he, I think he actually started later in the day than he was intending to, but Trevor got called at like one or 2 AM to when they told him that I was done. Something that's different about Mexico too, is they don't put you under general anesthesia because you, the chances of complications are higher. So you get a spinal, so like a epidural. And they do them so good, by the way, if you've ever had an epidural for when you're pregnant, those are awful and stupid. And they're like, roll over. Imagine the babies inside of you are a beach ball and roll over. Like I, I cannot do what you're saying. I physically, what you're saying is stupid. Like leaning over the table. So dumb. 
Um, at least that's me, my experience with my epidurals. So this, they just have you lay down on your side and just kind of curl up a little bit in a ball on, on your side. And it was like so painless both times. This time, <laughs> the anesthesiologist that was there, he's like, okay, lay down. I'm going to do it. And it was pretty fast and gave me that. And then he put something in my ID and he was like, it's going to be like three tequilas. And I was like, I don't drink tequila. <laughs> that I was Whoa, because it's going to be funny because I'm going to drink tequila. <laughs> that, so I like woke up during surgery once when I was on my stomach and like just the pressure like made me a little nauseous. Like my blood pressure started to drop a little bit. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to throw up, you know. And our sister, same thing. Like when she was on her stomach, she felt like she was going to throw up. So you woke uh, up? Yeah, because you're not, you're not under general anesthesia you're, you're like on a whole ton of Valium. Like it's, yeah, it's not. So they gave, they gave me a Xanax when I first got there. I was like, girl, one Zanny, I'm going to do nothing for me. What are you to like, are you kidding me? Really not. So like, I took that like three or four hours before I went into the operating room. It was dumb. I'm like, why didn't you even give this to me? Like, I mean, I brought my own. And so I was like, maybe I should just take some more. <laughs> like eh, no so luckily yeah this time he put he put the, the three tequilas in my bed in my line and I just went sleepy times real fast uh but yeah but I only I woke up once and some girls stay awake are a lot awake a lot but you can't feel anything it's just you feel pressure you're jostled around quite a bit like just like a c-section or um but I was glad I was asleep I just I'd, I'd rather just be, a, I love a medicated nap. It's like a light coma. That is insane. I like, cannot even comprehend that. Yeah. I was, like, I, mean, like, I was like, awake was, for my C-section. Yeah. Like, that feels different than well, it's literally the exact same feeling. Except for when you're on your stomach. Well, when I'm on my stomach, it was a little, I was comfortable. Like the only, like I was totally calm and I just was like, I think I'm going to throw up. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. And they just upped my medication to bring my blood pressure back up. So I was like, yeah, so my first one, I was like wide awake when they started lipo and I got nervous. Like it was pretty, like I was getting moved around quite a bit, but my C-section, like with my twin, it was aggressive. They were like throwing elbows into my abdomen to like kneading the babies out like dough. <laughs> they could not get them out. They were tucked up in there real good. So I it's but I was just like, I'm can I go to sleep? Like, oh you want to go to sleep? I was like, yeah, please. So but I didn't wake up after that. So yeah, I really I don't have issues really with anesthesia. I was, you know, waking up it's hard like that pain, like I didn't expect to wake up in pain. Um, after the second surgery, because of I wasn't having the abs fixed, but I still felt like that tight kind of kind of muscle spasmy, like high up while I was going in and out of consciousness in like the recovery room. And I was like, it hurts. And I'm like, it's normal. Shut up. It's like five o'clock in the morning. Shut up. Go to sleep. But it was the anxiety just thinking about it. The funniest thing, this is gross. So skip this if you don't want to hear something gross. But I woke up and I see them like 
pulling skin out of a black trash bag. And I'm like, is that me? Like, so this is like two huge, thick strips of skin. They're like, yeah, look so much. Like, you really good. Really good. Uh, yeah. I'm like, whoa. It like, and then fell back asleep, you know, and moved me back to my room and, you know, in and out of consciousness. So I'm like trying to get my phone, but it's like way too far away. And so the, my epi- the hardest thing for me is my epidurals take forever to wear off. And then you have to pee before they let you leave, but you have a catheter. That's so hard for me. So I was like, like so full of liquid and I just like, couldn't pee, couldn't pee. And you have to ask for help to get up. Like you're not supposed to like get up by yourself. And so you're like, I'm going to try again. And then you, know, you can't pee. Yeah. <laughs> That's something about catheters. If you've ever had one, like your, your urethra gets a little shocked and like, doesn't know how to relax after that for a while. <laughs> he stuck something inside of me. How dare you? Well, you know what else is different? I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking. The differences, because I've watched, I, I can't remember what the show is called, but it's on Netflix and it's like body makeover show. Uh-huh. And it's from surgeons in the US. Uh-huh. And I just cannot believe the detail and the differences in belly buttons between uh, the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah. Those belly buttons are pristine. Oh. Surgeons in the U.S., the belly buttons look like a butthole. Yeah, they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. I don't know who's teaching them in the U.S., but you're boxy. You are straight as a board. And they the, but the belly buttons have a huge old circle and like slashes of where the stitches were so yeah they do look like little baby buttholes they're so gross and that was a big thing for me and and I loved my first belly button so much even like I had no external scarring at all only internal this one I have a little bit of extra external but it still looks great like just where my stitches I have I can't have like plastic stitching I'm like allergic to it so they use like all dissolvable but except for on your belly button they like can't use all dissolvable like it needs to be stronger because it's like kind of the main thing so I had like plastic stitches there so and those just anywhere where I had like a couple of little places I had plastic where they kind of finished up and anywhere where that was there I have more scarring than anywhere else so I take my scars take a really long time to fade so I'm just keeping that what is that oil vitamin E oil Bio oil, not a layer. Silicone. I think I'm having like weird reactions to like the silicone gels, but it'll just take some time. And and uh, and I do have a little scar underneath my new belly button, like a line straight down where my old belly button was, about two inches or so lower. Um, and that will eventually fade and look like a stretch mark, you know, because I still have stretch marks. I my stretch marks were literally past my ribs after having my kids. So they couldn't 100% remove my stretch marks, but a lot of people can, if you didn't have multiples, so, or weren't very obese, um, and pregnant. So yeah, highly recommend my surgeon this time was, uh, Dr. Gaxiola in Tijuana. He's a great little guy and his nurses were fantastic. They were so nice to me. We'd be best friends if I moved to Tijuana. 
And my other one is Dr. Baez and he's really good. Like he, he, he works on like heavier girls that have really high BMIs. So you have to be under 30 uh, or 30 or under. Um, so he works on big girls and makes big girls look real good. But yeah, I, I have a fan. one other things can you think of like having a driver doing your research, looking at their style and like, and if you don't want to go to a foreign country, that's fine. You can pay three times as much. That's totally fair. If you want to there, I've seen some good, I've seen some good work in the U S like, I'm, but I wasn't willing to pay for it because I'm cheap. But yeah, I think, is that like enough of this? Like I've never had done anything with my boobs, so I can't, I'm not the part, I'm not the one to ask because I'm terrified of that, but I'll have anything else sucked out. And, you know, I won't do anything to my like face for maybe someday if I get the jowls real rough, but <laughs> I'm real pro being comfortable in your skin, putting things back where they belong. Um, if you have substantial damage, but I'm also pro body positivity and tucking things in if you can and a real good bra. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need because got some flat pancakes now after breastfeeding two babies but bless you well well if you think of anything else regarding that topic well I think that covers a lot of it do you want to talk about something or should I talk about my move yeah I can talk about so I think probably my mental health journey started a long time ago but I would say what really like opened up my mind to um my mental health was when we had our guest um Ashley Sorensen on the podcast who talked about menstrual cycles and that really opened up my eyes to like tracking my mental health based on where I was in my cycle which ultimately I don't know this it's probably been almost a year and a half, maybe almost two years since we had Ashley on the podcast, but this, you know, two year journey, which ultimately led to a diagnosis this summer of premenstrual dysphoric disorder for myself, PMDD, and just like generalized anxiety. And so that was a big change for me this, this summer. And I think I knew like a long time ago that I probably had PMDD, but um, decided to go to a psychiatrist to finally get diagnosed. And I would say that it didn't like change a bunch for me, but I think just knowing that has empowered me to figure out a way to not be miserable. And yeah, so I'm sure we'll talk more extensively about that. Um, but that's been a big life update for me. And then other than that, I just wanted to be really present with my kids and this summer. And I decided to like get off social media and that's been really good for my mental health. So yeah, those are some kind of some updates for me, but Kara had another big life update, which is that she moved again. I did. So literally while I was in Mexico. I think like the day, maybe the day after my, two days, probably two days after my surgery. So I'm still like hopped up on goofballs. 
And I'm literally in fight or flight mode too. Anytime one of the little like nurses would come into my bedroom, like my whole body would like, like be in shock. And it would like take me, not that they like even startled me. It was just the presence of other humans, like sent me just crazy. (laughs) Um, But my husband calls me and is like, oh, we went to the new temple open house and there's houses for sale right in front of it. And I think I found our dream house, like a little smaller version, you know? And I was like, how dare you? I'm literally on drugs. We're not moving. We have no business moving. What are you talking about? Anyways, we like prayed about it. And I was like, I came from my face. I can't feel any sort of spirit. Tell me yes or no. Um, And then somehow uh, six weeks after I recovered from surgery, we moved. We found renters for our house the first day that we put it up to like rent and we figured out our financing and yeah. And we have an adorable greenhouse with a front porch that I just love. And we have a great little view temple and, and mountains and stuff. So it's been a change, but all, you know, good things mostly. So but as you can see, I was just like exhausted with physically recovering still. And then Dana and our whole family, we went to celebrate our parents' 50th wedding anniversary in Mexico. Where is that? Cancun. Cancun. Thank you. <laughs> and so we were in Mexico for a week too. Um, and so we moved like our first round of stuff. And then the next day we went to Mexico. And then the day after we got back, we moved like everything else. It's crazy. Um, wouldn't recommend that like five out of 10 wouldn't recommend, but when things fall into place and you feel like you're in your pretty much forever home, that's exciting. So yeah, that happened. Well, I'm glad things have fallen into place for you. I think things will eventually get that for me and hopefully, uh, things have fallen into place for us to consistently give you episodes every other week. That's our goal. Yeah. So, so uh, if you have, you want to make some requests, please email messages, private messages, whatever, for requests. Let us know because, like we said, our creative juices just are on the struggle bus. We we can talk about ourselves all day, but if you don't want to hear us talk about ourselves, let us know what you want to listen to. For sure. All right, well, let's end with talking about our babes. I mean, the good news is, is that after taking several months off, now I've got some really good stories. That is true. Uh, So I'll share mine first while you look for yours. Yeah. The other day we were talking about our family and how many cousins we have. And, and it was like, yeah. And Gavin says like, oh, well then some of your siblings went and went and had and had 10 kids too. I said, no, I think the most is six. Um, you know, one, one of our sisters has six kids and Charlotte goes, and you just had a lazy three. So I was like, you seriously speak for yourself. You guys are crazy. You guys are not nice to me. Sometimes you're really hard. So I had a lazy three kids, apparently, according to my daughter, and she's like, yeah, you promised you'd buy me a, a sister. I'm like, probably never going to happen because I cannot cope with the three of you. So we probably shouldn't buy other children <laughs> or adopt from 
foster care is what they assume by their children is. Oh, okay, that came out of the mouth of my sassy babe. Um, here's one from Sawyer. You know, she's getting pretty good with her like comebacks. And like, you know, she knows how to like get what she wants. So, you know, it's funny because her cousin across the street, he will kind of like manipulate her and he'll be like, Hey Sawyer, you wanna come to my house? I'll give you a treat. I'll give you candy if you come to my house. <laughs> Hey, Sawyer, if you don't come to my house, then you don't get any candy. So, like, I've overheard several of those exchanges. But to then hear her kind of do something similar is hilarious, but also, like, frightening. Because you're like, oh, boy, I'm in for it. And so one of these one of these days recently, she was like, I'll be naughty to you if you don't let me do my drawing right now. I won't talk kindly to you. Junie B. Jones, go back to first grade. She's I'll old. be naughty to you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just, there's just something about little girls, like their brains get it. I heard somebody, a mommy influence, you know, parenting influencer was like, little kids do not know how to emotionally manipulate. This is not like kids are not, they're just, Babies throwing temper tantrums is not emotional manipulate manipulation. I said, you've not met my child. I would like you expert to come to my house and look at this that is happening. This is one. She knows 100% what she is doing. Tried and true tested. She knows exactly how to get under little girls. know. don't you dare tell me that my child is not emotionally very brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love them. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back. Hopefully you're coming back. I mean, I guess we'll see how many people show up after we've been gone for months, but we do appreciate yeah, you coming up. Yeah. So share, share. If you enjoyed this, you know, tell your friends, I guess. Um, maybe don't tell them yet because we don't we don't have as much good well, stuff they can go back and listen to the old the old stuff is real good yeah you know yeah, some yeah. Gems in there so gotta wade through three and a half years or whatever nonsense <laughs> nobody knows really oh well blessings to all you to you and yours in this precipice the edge of fall coming to us. Yay. Peace be unto you, babes. Bye.